0: The Roan Room Breakdown is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last minute tickets. Did you know King's ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. There are in-app panoramic seat view photos from every section so head to the app store play store now to download game time and score awesome deals on last minute tickets
1: what's up everybody this is kenny Caraway, and you can catch me alongside jason jones talking all things Sacramento kings on our podcast throne room breakdown listen for free on apple every tuesday and for a weekly bonus episodes exclusively on the athletic.com backslash throne room breakdown
0: man, I can shoot the ball. I know I can shoot the ball. I'm not worried about what anybody says. Like, I'm a dog on the court. That's how I play. They play fast. They have three-point shooting. They're young. They're versatile. And that's how I want to play. That's how I think the game should be played.
1: You know, this team is on the rise. The city's on the rise. You know,
0: that's, that's exciting. You know, I'm getting chills talking about it.
1: You are listening to Throne Room Breakdown
0: with Jason Jones and Kenny Carraway, only on the Athletic Podcast Network. Hello, Kings fans, Kings nation. I'm not exactly sure what to call you all sometimes. (laughs) This is Jason Jones.
1: This is Kenny Carraway. What's going on, everybody? Happy Tuesday.
0: And we're back with another edition of the Throne Room Breakdown. A lot's changed. Well, I shouldn't say a lot's changed since we last spoke to you. Well, Yes, the Kings. The Kings winning two games is a lot, considering they're. I was about to say a lot has changed, Jason. A lot <laughs> has
1: changed. Imagine being zero and seven right now, which the the uh, the emails you would get in your mail back.
0: Ooh, uh, yeah, losing to the Knicks. Yeah, that wouldn't that would not be a good look for Luke Walton. I mean, I still think I mean, people try to tell me they're saying Luke. I think they're booing him at, at a Golden One. So <laughs> I think yeah, we got Luke definitely. and booze for the head coach. After we had we had booing the head coach four games into the season, and I told yeah. Luke, and Luke said he doesn't have social media. He doesn't know what anyone says about him. He doesn't really care. But I let him know, you know, I got his back. Kind of got his back. Maybe I don't know. But <laughs> yeah,
1: you t- you said four games, four quarters into the opening season, they were on Luke's head. Like they yeah. were on they were on Luke's head. Tough. On King's Twitter, I know that much.
0: Yeah, but it's amazing what a couple of wins will do. You know, De'Aaron Fox getting back to being De'Aaron Fox, and all of a sudden, everyone's a little bit happier right now.
1: You know, I don't want to go too far into King's Twitter because it's it's a definitely a hyperbole. But two wins has—I don't know if you've seen this, Jason—but it has had people tweeting out and asking the questions: Well, with Holmes and to playing, where does Marvin Bagley fit in? That's the question. That's the questions they're asking. That's the questions they're asking after two wins. He fits into
0: the starting lineup. That's where he fits. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. He he fits in the starting. He fits in the starting lineup when his hand is healed. That's exactly where he fits. uh...
1: Somebody was like, well, I mean, it's going to be a tough call. I was like, actually, no, it's not going to be tough at all. He's going to be your starting power forward, and that's just the bottom line. Like, what are you people talking about? What are we talking about?
0: Twitter is like the – sometimes I call it like the gutter or the bathroom of intellect. It's (laughs) – The bathroom. I mean, it's just – it's like a it's like a bathroom at the club of intellect. You go in there, you, you're really trying to get out, and as you're trying to leave, the man's trying to stop you and give you a mint, some gum, and you're like, I really just came in here to get my business done and get out. I didn't want to have a conversation. Now we're talking about, you know, the NFL, and I really want to go back into the club and catch up with my girl. So,
1: <laughs> right? Do you give do you? We'll get into the Kings right after this, but do you um take the candy or gum and give the guy a tip?
0: I generally do. I mean that man ain't doing nothing. He ain't trying to hurt nobody, He's just trying to make a little honest living. I can I'll never knock a man making an honest living. It beats the alternative.
1: I got to be honest. I mean, and look, if I have some loose change, sure I'll do it. But I get a little perturbed. I didn't I'm not knocking him. Somebody placed him there, right? Yeah. I didn't ask for him to be there. I didn't ask for a man. I didn't ask for a starburst. Why do I have to take this and then give you a tip? I can get my own uh, paper towels. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't ask for this. Why do I have to give man. you a dollar or two? Because why?
0: Let that man live. He's making minimum wage to sit there and smell us and all that. <laughs> and it here. it here. God knows what. In the bathroom over the night, I feel bad for the man. I mean, I don't think anybody's in there because they—it's the ideal situation. So I'm like, hey man, here's a dollar. Go buy yourself a soda after this.
1: <laughs> look, I do give. Look to be clear, I do give him the money, but I'm just being honest. I do it begrudgingly.
0: Okay. I'm just well, being at honest. You, at least you do.
1: Yeah, I give it to him, but I'm like, come on, man, really? And it's not on him. It's just—it's the the club uh, guy who put him in there. That's that's right. where, that's my guy.
0: Yeah. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> Talk about those Kings, though. Two game winning streak. It's not I'll you know. It. N- it's not news breaking, but when you're zero and five and looking like one of the worst teams in basketball, two straight wins is a great thing. And one things about one thing about that is now you had a couple of games scoring over a hundred points. Mm-hmm. You know, which was a struggle to start the year, and Rashawn Holmes has seemed to had a real positive effect in that starting lineup. There's a starter averaging 13 points, 7 rebounds, 1.3 blocks, 1.3 steals. That's been a, a good thing for them.
1: Definitely. Rashawn Holmes is that dog that I was talking about. You know, I get into DMX mode and I'll be like, yo, I got my dog, Rashawn Holmes. He's doing what he do out there. You know what I mean? Like, it, 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 he's giving me everything that I'm looking for and what I needed for this team. You know, somebody that really got frustrated with the first four or five games of the season and the way things were going. And that's not to say nobody else was frustrated. People showed their frustrations. Some of them, you know, keep it internally. Some of them, you know, outwardly, like, punch things or something like that. I'm not saying the other guys didn't care, but after the Charlotte loss, I visibly saw Rashawn Holmes upset with the way things were going on. And he's done something about it on the court. You know what I mean? The the energy that he's brought, the way that he's been playing since pretty much that Denver game. Um, it's it's been a it's been a godsend and 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 it's continued since he's gone into the starting lineup. So I'm glad to see him continue to play well. It, it's good to see a guy like that get an opportunity and take advantage of it.
0: One thing I like about what Rashawn Holmes has brought this season is his ability to have an impact in pick and rolls. Before the season, that's one thing Luke Walton talked a lot about is that he believed Rashawn would have a big impact in that way. He said he always knew Rashawn was good in that, but he's seen that he's a lot better than he thought he was and he's opening up things for guys like Fox on that role because you have to respect it you see Fox taking advantage of that and I think it'll be good long term for Marvin Bagley to see how that's working for the Kings because at some point this season the Kings want to have a lineup where Marvin's at the five and maybe you have Harris and Barnes and maybe Bogdanovich at the front court with Buddy and De'Aaron. And they're going to want to run similar things. So I think this is, a, like I said, a really good stretch for them. It's really great for Rashawn, you know, to see him you know, get a good chance to shine. And also give credit to Luke. I mean, the Kings paid a lot of money for Dwayne Dedman in the offseason. And maybe a coach would have said, you know what, this guy's got, you know, a 40 million dollar contract. We can't bench him for, you know, four games into the season. But Luke went ahead, Luke saw what was going on. Luke went not had made the change, and I think it's paid off for the Kings.
1: It has. It has, and that's a great point, making that call about Luke, because everything you said was right on. I mean, Deadman was supposed to be that guy. It was only, what was that, the fourth game they made the decision to um, start Holmes? I mean, it was it was relatively quick, and, um, you know, that was the move to make. That was the right move to make, and, and he did that. While we're giving some shots out right now, Jason, I – for one, I got I to gotta take this time out to give a shout out to um, to to Nemanja Bialica for the way that he has played since Bagley has gone down. And I'm taking this time out because I've been hard on Bialica since probably around the All-Star break last year. Like I said, it's not that I didn't like him or nothing like that, but I was just really frustrated with how he had been playing. And I'm going to tell you this. I did a little research. Yes, that's right. I did a little research, Jason. Since his... <laughs> Two horrific air balls in Phoenix to start the season, right? He jumped into the starting lineup. He's averaged 10 points and 6 rebounds, shooting 57% from both the field and beyond the arc. Now, those aren't MVP numbers, but you've seen all the games. I'm not going to act like the Kings are on a 12-game winning streak or nothing like that, but they'd be in trouble without B-Elites out there, and some of the things that he's done— production-wise and just his high-IQ basketball plays that he's made. He's played really well, really well since he's been in there. And I, I, I got to give a shout-out to him because, like I said, I've been hard on the guy, and, um, and he stepped up in a big way, uh, kind of under the radar for some people uh, since Bagley's been out.
0: Right, and people forget last season when the Kings were playing well, he was playing well. When mm-hmm. he wasn't playing well, the Kings weren't playing well, so there's definitely a correlation, especially when, he, when he's starting, especially. Right. So I think, and I also thought when Marvin uh, went down with the injury, one thing that might help the Kings, not that I think that uh, Bielitsa is going to be the shoe you no know, power four for the year, I thought maybe having a guy who's a true stretch four, a guy mm-hmm. who's a proven three-point shooter, might just help open things up a little. Maybe that would make some reads easier, give them some different options because right. – Marvin hasn't proven to be a three point shooter. I know he's worked on it, but is a guy who can hit a over forty percent clip over a season. So right. I thought it would help them, and I think it's helped space the floor. And like I said, it's, it's another thing Marvin can look at too, and just kind of say, okay, when my if my three is falling, where is Nemanja finding his spots? Where is he going to? Where is you know he can see mm-hmm. all those things. So I think you know whether it be Holmes or Bealita. This has been a good this, – this could be a good learning tool for Marvin as he sits there and kind of studies what the Kings are doing.
1: Right. Yeah, I, I agree. And, um, you know, he seems – from conversations that I've had with him and watching him, he, you know, he seems like the type that that would look at things that are going on on the court and, and say, hey, okay, I can get spots here. I think that happened with um, – Bagley's not a rookie, but I think that happened Fox's rookie year, right? Like he was kind of – it was just moving so fast the first – 15, 20 games or whatever, and then he got hurt, and he was out for like two weeks, and he credits that time with just being able to sit there and watch what was going on to get a better understanding what what was going on out there on the court. So mm-hmm. got to hope for the same here with Marvin with, with his time out and when he comes back um, that he's got the mental game um, uh, down pack to go along with his physical tools.
0: Right, and speaking of Fox, what do you think about his last couple of games and not just his games, just kind of the uh... – Chemistry or the symmetry he seems to be developing with Luke right now. I you know I wrote a thing about that, is well, about how they've they've got a, a nice connection, a connection that actually began back when Luke was hired, and it's it seems like that's been a reason they've been able to stay connected even through the, the rough start and mm. De'Aaron those saying that even through zero and five those guys still had Luke's back.
1: Right, right, yeah, and and I've I've loved it. I've loved from what I've seen from De'Aaron these last two games. And he has been, you know, I'm big on leadership, big on dogs and leaderships. Right now, that's been the theme of this first, you know, couple of weeks for the for the Sacramento Kings. And De'Aaron has been an exceptional leader for these last two games. I mean, I thought he, he was, you know, he showed leadership in the Portland game as well, and even just playing in the first Utah game because, you know, I guess the hip was pretty bad, but you know, he he showed up. So there was a sense of leadership there in those games as well. But these last two games. His approach to the game, the constant attacking, his competing on the defensive end of the ball, it has all set a tone for this team. You know, he's done it with his actions, you know, and that and, and the team has seemed to follow. I think I um after Friday, after the win on Friday, I think it was, I heard Buddy talking about De'Aaron Fox, and he's like he's our leader. Like they they all look at him as the leader. It kind of reminds me. A little bit, not to get off on a tangent, but you remember the movie High School High, which is like a parody of uh, it's like a naked gun type of movie for. Yeah, that, yeah. For yeah. dangerous minds. So uh, Mackay Pfeiffer is in the movie and he's like the, the the guy in the classroom. Right. And the teacher comes in and they say, hey, everybody open up your books to page 33. And the entire class takes a second, turns around and looks at Mackay Pfeiffer and Mackay Pfeiffer puts his headphones on. And when he puts his headphones on, everybody just, the the classroom of reps, they just do whatever. They start shooting craps or whatever they're doing, right? Because it's on him. So then the teacher gets Makai to buy in, and Luke is the teacher in this aspect, but he gets (laughs) Makai to buy in. And then another time he says, everybody open your books to page 47. And everybody, once again, turns around and looks at Makai. And Makai takes his headphones off, opens his book to page 37, and the entire class opens their book to page 37. And that's how I feel about De'Aaron Fox and what and when he's attacking on the offensive end, when he's aggressive on the defensive end, the whole class, the whole locker room says, all right, De'Aaron's engaged. Let's, let's get this going. Let's let's get it going. And, and that's the impact that he's had on these in these last two games, I think.
0: And what I like about it, too, these last couple of games, 22 free throw attempts in the last Mm. two games. Mm Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's attacking. He's getting to the, you know, he's... He's he's forcing the issue in a good way, right? And I think this first couple of years getting to the line wasn't necessarily a strength. Part of that is you know he's a you no know, kind of you no, know, he's a light guy, and maybe the referees weren't giving him his you know respect when he was going into the lane. Maybe they figure he's a light, you know, a slim guy. He's just falling down to be falling down. But <laughs> he's going in there, and he's he's getting teams in the penalty. He's he's you know he's attacking. He's he's forcing the issue and he's really taken on kind of the uh, idea that the team will go as he goes. The Kings right. don't have anyone who can duplicate what he does. So if De'Aaron's not on, the Kings won't be on. And I think he, you know, especially through the, the, that, that start, and you look at that Utah game, that first one out in Salt Lake City, this team really goes as De'Aaron goes. Mm-hmm. And if De'Aaron's not on, this team doesn't really have a chance. Right. So, Or I shouldn't say they don't have a chance, but he's at least got to be aggressive. He can – he can, you know, be missing shots. Maybe he's struggling, but if he's not aggressive, they can't. That just sets up so much for the rest of the team. So they need him to keep what he's doing and keep it up.
1: I agree, and I and that goes. Um, like I'm a I'm a big believer that I think Fox should shoot the ball more. I think he probably averages. I didn't do my research here, so you got to help me out. But he probably <laughs> averages around 14, 15 shots a game. I'd like to see that about 18, 20 shots a game because just his aggression alone will get him to the line. It will set things up for, for other players. If you saw in the Utah game, he was extremely aggressive that game. And his uh, aggressiveness – ended up setting up two of the biggest shots of the game. He attacked hard to the basket and and hit Deadman on a a pick and pop for the three that gave them the lead with under a minute to go. And then him attacking hard at the end and getting that ball to be elites in the corner got him a wide open look because he had been attacking and finishing at the rim for the entire game. So I think just his shot attempts and him attacking a certain way will set up everything. It's like body punches in boxing, right? You, You put that in the bank so that sets up everybody else later on at any Given point in the in the game, late in the game, or whatever the case may be, so I'd like to see him be a little more aggressive, like he has been, than these last two games, more consistently. Because you're right, when he goes, this team goes.
0: Yeah, I can tell you right now. In the two wins, he's averaging seventeen and a half shot attempts. Mm-hmm. Those first five games, they they lost them all. He's averaging thirteen point four shot attempts. Right there, you go. You there know, you go. and then and the, you know the two wins, eleven free throw attempts a game. Uh, five games before that. 5.8 free throw attempts a game. Yeah, there you go. So, you know, so right there, that kind of gives you the story of as Fox goes, that's how the Kings go. But before we move on with more Kings talk, I want to let our listeners know about our new sponsor, Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like I had a long day at work or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. Or I'm busy, I want to watch the game, whatever the case may be. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash Throne and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. So just go to GetRoman.com slash Throne to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash Throne for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com/throne. The Kings actually won a third quarter.
1: There we go. Look at these guys. Look, look at the third quarter Kings, baby. They dominate third quarters. What are you talking about, Jason?
0: <laughs> uh, I think you know. I'm giving credit for dominating the Knicks, but <laughs>
1: well, yeah. And and I'm I'm upset about that. I will. I can't say that now. Kings. I'm a big Kings fan. Grew up in Sacramento. That's the home team. But little known fact about me, Jason. I love the New York Knicks. I love me some New York Knicks, and what's going on with them, it's, it's upsetting. So I, 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 I like that the Kings won. I didn't like the beatdown they had to give my New York Knicks. I'm a supporter.
0: Well, at least you got you got a team that people out here ain't going to be mad at you about. I'm from L.A., <laughs> so I'm routinely hated. But <laughs> you look at the, you know, they out they were able to win that third in New York for the first time. But going into, th- you know, on the year, they scored 18 or fewer points in the third, four times mm. and they've given up 30 or more in five or seven third quarters and have been outscored 213 to 155 in the third this season.
1: Mm, Jesus.
0: So that's, <laughs> that is, I mean, that's a
1: number right there. My goodness.
0: What I did like about the game against the Knicks is that they came out and they seemed intent on not letting that happen again. Mm-hmm. I know I joke and say, well, it was just the Knicks. Well, it was just the Charlotte Hornets and they ran through them in the third quarter. Right. right. So I think they whatever it is they're doing, I know Luke has kind of tinkered with the shoot around time, trying to make sure that figure out, get their body clocks right. Like I said, maybe they need a Red Bull in the locker room. Uh, you know, I don't know what they needed to do, but I was talking to Doug Christie about this. I think he said, you know, there's winning times in basketball games, mm-hmm. you know, the last two minutes of the second quarter, yeah. the first three to five minutes of the third quarter. Those are times where you have to be on. And the Kings had been consistently losing those periods every game until the last couple of games. So whatever they did in New York, you know, maybe they can package it, take it across the border to Toronto. And it'll (laughs) work over there, too, because you can't consistently put yourself in a hole and go into the fourth quarter down every game because these good teams aren't going to let you back in the game. So you've got to be competitive. So. What I do like about the last couple of games, even though in the Utah game they didn't win the third, they also didn't get destroyed in the third. They only right. lost it by, I think, two points. Before, they're getting beat 32-17, 35-18 in the third. So It was a
1: bludgeoning the first five games like in the third quarter. It was ridiculous. Yes.
0: To me, that's, a, that's another positive stuff. I don't know if you uh, credit coaching staff for that. Maybe the guys just figured, hey, we got to turn it up in the third, but... That's a critical thing that if this team is gonna eventually become a playoff team I say eventually because unlike a lot of people I wasn't putting this team in the playoffs back in the summer mm. so mm. if you're gonna if you're gonna eventually get there you got to start doing things like you know closing the half out good come out strong in the third set yourself up for success in the fourth quarter and I think these last two games, They've started to do that.
1: Jason, I've got a little bit of a a theory here. And tell me if if, if you follow along with me here. The two games, well, there's three games, but the last two games, the Hornets and the Jazz game. Kings lose the Hornets game, win the Jazz game. I have a little bit of a theory where I feel while you want them to win both games and I don't care which one they win, I think they got more out of winning that Jazz game then they would have gotten – if they would have won the Hornets game and lost the Jazz game, right? Does that make any sense? Like, if they would have won the Hornets game, and they'd be like, okay, well, we beat the Hornets. That's what we should have done or whatever. But they lost that game. They were pretty upset about it. And then to go in and beat a team like Utah, who the after all the, the post-game comments and everything, the Kings have immense respect for and look at as one of the upper echelon teams in this league, to go out there, beat them – in a close game, in a situation where they had to scrap and fight for it, I think it 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 made them feel a little better than, like I said, they would have if they would have beaten Charlotte. And it kind of carried over into Sunday, I thought. I, I thought they they had a bounce and they had a swagger to them in that game on Sunday that I hadn't seen all year. They were kind of. I mean, they felt like they could win against Utah, but they were unsure again until they actually did it, in my opinion. And against the Knicks, granted, it is the Knicks, um, they had a little bit more bounce. And I don't know if they would have had that bounce if they would have won against Charlotte and lost against Utah. Am I, am I off on that? Do you kind of see where I'm going?
0: Okay, I see you, and I think the Charlotte game was maybe the last dose of medicine they needed. To remind them that, hey, you don't want to come out and play the right way the entire game. You're going to get run by everybody. Those first five games, if they've got any sense, those first five games (laughs) humbled them and reminded them the level of work and intensity it takes to be a good team in the NBA. And I think I've heard coaches say it, and I think you know it too. To be a good team, to be a good player, to be a winning, that's hard. That's not Mm -hmm. easy. Yeah. Uh, you know good teams make winning look easy, but to be a good team is not easy. and I wonder if you know especially so many guys who don't stay in college as long to build a say to a championship team. Mm -hmm. Do they even understand the level of work it takes? I mean, because in high school, hey, these guys are like all Americans, four or five star recruits. They were going to destroy whoever they played against. They're playing against guys who are doing what I'm doing now. So so it wasn't, you know, so you have to learn. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Kings wanted to have, you know, a couple of years ago, have Vince Carter around. Mm -hmm. Bring guys like that around to try to teach these guys that, hey, if you want to be good, you got to work. I think De'Aaron was joking about it after the uh, Utah game about. know, Harrison said, told me, you got to take care of my body, you know. So after the game, either he'll do his media right away or he'll go do his treatment and then come do, you know, do his media. And before, you know, De'Aaron's first one dressed, ready to go. Right. This is all part of the learning process. I know people want it to happen right away, but you don't miss the playoffs 13, 14 years in a row and then it just fixes itself overnight. There's a lot of work that goes into it.
1: That's facts. fact. And here's another thing I wanted to bring up to you. Um, Jason, as well, as we, you know, we kind of talk about um, Luke Walton and and are the kings adjusting to his system and things of that nature. First of all, I got to be honest with you. And I'm going to be consistent. I'm not really sure if they're adjusting or not because I didn't think that was their biggest issue in the first five games. You know, my thing was the effort and the leadership. And I've seen that in the last two games. So I'm not going to sit up here and say, oh, they're definitely adjusting the Luke system. They had to get through that first. They had to make sure they put a certain level of, of effort out on the floor every night before we could even talk about the X and O's. So there's that. But there's another thing where I thought about it for a while, actually, since. They came back and I didn't want to bring it up because I didn't want to I didn't want to give these guys a pass for that because I thought the effort still should have been there. But the Pacers and the Kings go to India. The Pacers started off the season 0-3. They're now 3-3, and but they started off 0-3. The Kings started off 0-5. and They won two in a row now. I could be off with this, but the Kings being Vivek's team. And that India trip being a homecoming of sorts for him, they were essentially like the host team, right? And they, they did all the appearances, all the events, you know, maybe even more so than the Pacers. Like, they they were out there. And you've always heard the old adage. I know you've heard it before, too. You know, people talk about teams that go over to China, go to Japan for the preseason or whatever the case may be. They all say those overseas trips take a toll on you for the first couple weeks of the season. And like I said, I didn't want to bring it up because I didn't want to give them a pass, but we got to be real about it as well. Do you think that combined with you got a whole new coaching staff, those two things, they didn't get their legs under them in these first two weeks of the season? You think that played a big role?
0: Definitely. I mean, I know they won't talk about it publicly, but I know one of the concerns with the trip was that how much practice time you 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 missed with that like what did someone say they spent 40 some odd hours in the air just to uh play basketball for a couple of hours That's so that's so i think lot. that you know that's a very valid point but now that they've kind of got their legs back under them now they hit tomorrow night they'll be in toronto the defending nba champions uh, minus Kawhi, so they're not the exact same champions, but this is still a good team. You know, mm-hmm. Pascal Siakam, twenty six points, eight point five rebounds a game. Cal Lowry's looking like all star, no pre All Star, not tired. Cal Lowry, twenty four <laughs> points, six point eight assists. Then then Fred Van Vleet coming up, coming at you with seven and a half assists a game, sixteen point two points. And I what I see from Toronto is a team that even without Kawhi, you win a championship. You, you come back with a level of, of swagger and confidence because you're a champion. Right. And no matter what happened, no matter who left, you're still a champion. Mm-hmm. So I think this is going to be a really good test for the Kings just because this is a team that's been together, they know each other, and they're not going to make things easy on them. Right.
1: And they're well coached. You know, Nick Nurse is, is proven with what he did last year. And – with the start of this season, having this team prepared and, and having them hungry to, to, cause I know I wrote, I wrote them off. You know, I said, yeah, they might make the playoffs or whatever, but this is, this is not gonna be, you know, a, a contending team in the East. And he's got them playing really good basketball. And I think that goes to the culture, like you talked about, of, of, of being a defending champion. And I gotta give the coach some credit because he's got these guys prepared. Now, when you talk about going up against the Sacramento Kings, I, like I said, I like the way the Kings are playing right now as far as confidence-wise. The other thing they've been doing well, they've been defending in these last two games. And once again, you could say it's the Knicks or whatever, but they defend all the way to getting that defensive rebound. And that's where I got to give Dwayne Debman some love as well too. He seemed to buckle down and focus on, you know, doing some of that dirty work that they love so much from him. He's been great on the boards, battling, second effort, things of that nature. It's going to take all of that to beat a team like Toronto on the road. And Jason, I'm I'm getting a little greedy here. I'm getting a little greedy. I know it's Toronto. I know Trey Young is supposed to be back tonight against the Spurs, which means he'll be there on Friday. But I mean, I'm not ruling out 3 and 0. I'm not saying they're going 3 and 0 on this trip. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm not ruling it out. I I loved what I saw from this team the last two, two uh two games and I think, you know, sometimes road trips like this, getting away from the friendly confines of Golden 1 Center or the not so friendly confines when they're booing you out of the <laughs> out of the arena, getting away from that for a week or two, um I think it could help and I I think they're going to be ready to compete. Um, tonight or Wednesday night against Toronto I know that much
0: last season this team kind of found itself on the road mm-hmm. you know they, they got off to a slow start they got on the road and then you get a game on the road and you come home and then you go back on the road and you get a couple of games in, and it just built their confidence up and I think that's what you're going to what, you, what we're seeing right now well it's only been one road game but it's going to be a good test for them Kyle Lowry has, uh, has given Fox fits before it's because you know Kyle's crafty he's been around He you knows what he's doing mm-hmm. but I think maybe now this is where, you know, little brothers, you know, kind of, you know, he's not elementary school no more. You know, he's, you know, he's kind of caught up with, you know, big brother strength. And maybe now De'Aaron's ready to give uh, Kyle some of what he's been getting from him over the first couple of years of his career. And I really want to see this uh, Siaka matchup. Just how do the Kings match up with him? Just because he's taken, at least through six games in the season, another step in his development to where he's, a you no know, all star caliber type player. Definitely mm-hmm. worth the max contract because he's looking like a cornerstone piece. And like I said, another guy, championship confidence. You know, he showed up big in the biggest of moments. You know, I, yep. I'll never forget that with a game one where he just handed Draymond his lunch all night. He gave that boy that work. <laughs> he gave that boy that work on that game. Yo, one. So you perform in that setting. Game seven of the season is not going to phase you if you can perform there. So I really want to see, you know, whether it be Harrison Barnes dealing with him some. You should probably see Trevor Ariza chasing him around. Around. They'll throw what they can at him, but yeah, he's gonna. To me, he's a lot of fun to watch, and I'm really interested in seeing how the Kings match up with him defensively, and how can they maintain their game plan and their discipline, and somehow try to slow him down. Because right now, he's looking. He's looking like an all-star right now.
1: Yeah, that's facts. And to your De'Aaron Fox point against Kyle Lowry, something that I noticed in the game on Friday is. Fox against Conley. Fox wasn't looking at Mike Conley no more. Like, you know, I got, not that he doesn't have respect for him, but like rookie Darren Fox or even second year Darren Fox, Mike Conley. I got so much respect for you. You know, I'm, you know, I I, I just, I just show respect. He was looking at Conley like, I'm about to eat you alive, bro. (laughs) Like you can't guard me. You can't, you can't stop me. I'm going to get where I want to get. And if you're on me, it's easy work. And you talk about Kyle Lowry giving Fox problems in the past, which he has. I got a feeling on Wednesday night we're going to see Fox look at Kyle Lowry the same way he looks at Mike Conley. Now, that's not saying Kyle Lowry's a scrub or even Mike Conley's a scrub, but the mentality Fox is going to have is like no longer like, man, Kyle Lowry, I got respect. I think it's going to be like, I'm De'Aaron Fox, and you got to deal with me. And I think he's going to come out and he's going to look to attack Kyle Lowry and um and kind of change some of the things that's gone on in the past. I'm, I'm interested to see that matchup for
0: sure. Yeah. And that'll give us plenty to talk about Friday before the Kings play the Atlanta Hawks to wrap up that road trip. So about time for us to, you know, get up out of here. You know, I can get back to watching a little my uh, mindless reality television and you yeah. can get back to I'm on these sticks, whatever man. it is. I'm on these yeah, sticks.
1: Whatever. 2K20, man. You know, I'm out here doing work on 2K20. Uh, I'm okay. also on that Madden. You know, anybody want that fade? You know, you can get at me at IMK Diddy. We'll, we'll, we'll set it up. I'm, I'm handing out fades. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. I'm on. I'm on that 2K right now too. I ain't played online yet. I'm still. Pra- I just got the game for my birthday, so I'm just getting my little practice rounds in. I'll give so. you two weeks. I'll give you two okay. weeks, Jason, and
1: then we're gonna we're gonna link up. Okay,
0: for sure. So, <laughs> all right. So we both about to go get on the sticks right now and get our practice in, so I can go ahead and give uh, Kenny this work with the with Anthony Davis and LeBron. So never this lost. Is-
1: <laughs> never lost.
0: <laughs> yeah. This is Jason Jones.
1: And this is Kenny Caraway. All
0: right. Take care, everybody. Talk to you on Friday. Be safe out there.